You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. This is your show, a Twitter Tuesday, where we will jump around the league and answer your Twitter questions at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL is where those questions came in. You can tag us any old time. You don't have to wait for us to ask you for our Tuesday questions. And we'll keep that Twitter thing going throughout the season. And uh, we'll be transitioning into a two-minute drill where we try to cover every every division in the league. I just, you know, cover the league is, is what we want to do here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. So if you feel like your team, your division has not been covered, drop us a question at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Before we get to those questions, some big news around the league. Uh, There's a couple of major ones. I want to start with this, though. Let's start with a fun little story, something I didn't realize. Happy birthday to both Tom Brady and Zach Wilson. They share the same birthday, obviously not the same year. They are exactly 22 years apart, which means the now 44-year-old Tom Brady is exactly twice as old as rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. That is amazing. That is amazing. I mean, it's not amazing that Zach Wilson's 22. <laughs> and That's not the amazing part. <laughs> August 3rd birthday. Good for him. You know, happy birthday, young fella. Hope things go well for you. I think the Jets should be excited about you. The fact that Brady's going strong and coming up the Super Bowl at 44, and the NFL Network and the league has kind of made it an, an August 3rd tradition the last couple of years of really going out of their way to highlight Brady's birthday, which as they should, you know, I mean, uh, this time of year, we have some camp stuff, but it's also not super, super newsy yet, but uh, I love it. You know, I mean, he deserves all that respect. That's phenomenal. Was that the 1999 draft? No, it was the 2000 draft. So, so Zach Wilson was born when, Tom Brady was drafted. So Zach Wilson born in 99, Tom Brady in 1977. And uh, he was just uh, crawling around in his diapers when Tom Brady was born. That's fantastic. Uh, Some bad news, though, around the league we got to get to here. And another one for the Colts. The same injury, different player, just as important of a player in maybe their best player in guard Quentin Nelson now with a foot injury. And now a similar injury to Carson Wentz's. And now they're going to have surgery together and have a similar timeline that could be up to 12 weeks before those guys get on the field. And I would imagine an offensive lineman might take a little bit longer just because dealing with more weight and more force on that foot. Yeah, it's awful news for the Colts. And uh, this could be the, the media overreaction, but I think they might be cooked. Uh, I mean... They, I mentioned before when we broke the the Wentz news and reacted to it, the beginning of their schedule is just brutal, and I don't think this offensive line is equipped to handle the loss of Nelson. I mean, right there with Buckner would be the least guy they can afford to lose, quarterbacks aside. They already lost their quarterback. Will he be back at the same time frame as Wentz? Probably not. I think that's a good point about – 330 pounds on an ankle as opposed to 230 pounds on an ankle or whatever, Um, you know, explode out of your stance. I guess he's having surgery today, Tuesday, around four o'clock. And they reported Wentz's surgery was yesterday, went very well. So, I mean, I would imagine similar timeframes, but I just think it's going to be too late. And I think this team's in big trouble. 
We talked about the fantasy impact with Carson Wentz and if it potentially is Jacob Eason. And it's looking more and more like they're just going to roll with that and see how things go. And who knows, maybe they're scouting quarterbacks very high in the 2022 NFL draft now if things don't go as planned for them this year, which could very well be the case, losing two very important players on the offensive side of the ball. It's not the only two good players they have. This has to really hurt Jonathan Taylor, the running back, from a fantasy perspective, right? I think so. I mean, I think the quarterback injury really hurt Pittman, who I was really excited about. They don't really have tight ends of note. I think this hurts Taylor tremendously. Probably the injury didn't help him either. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of crowded boxes. The injury to Wentz, there's probably going to be a lot of crowded boxes. I mean, everyone that game plans against the Colts are going to try to stop Taylor first and foremost and probably will have some success doing so. The Colts' D is where all the pressure's on, though. I mean – Leonard and Buckner and this whole defense, they got to keep every game close. They have very little room for error. Got to win low scoring games. Probably will be on the field a lot. That's rough, man. That's a rough formula in today's NFL. Terrible news continues for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Another story out of New York, the Giants. Did you hear about this brawl that happened this morning? Tuesday morning, a massive brawl broke out at Giants camp. It uh, started with quarterback Daniel Jones, according to Ralph Avacchiano of SNY in New York. Uh, Daniel Jones somehow ends up at the bottom of a pile. Uh, running back Corey Clement took a big hit. Evan Ingram retaliated. Then he got popped by Logan Ryan. Then everybody, and I mean everybody, jumped in, according to Ralph Vacchiano. And, <laughs> and Joe Judge was not having it. He was really upset and very old school, had guys doing push-ups, 100-yard sprints, didn't like how hard they were running, had him doing more push-ups, more sprints. He, he he had the coaches leave the field, and he was just dropping expletives on his team, and uh, not a good sign early in camp for the New York Giants and, and Joe Judge's football team trying to get ready to play. And usually these kind of big fights and brawls happen when those scrimmages start with other teams, but not a lot of in-house yeah. scraps like this. You'll see some some fights, especially with DBs and wide receivers and stuff, but this is massive. Everybody on both sides of the ball jumped in on this one. Pretty crazy. Um, obviously, hitting the quarterback is a good way to instigate that, and in some ways, you, you like it, you know, defend your teammates, all those good things. Here's where, my, where I kind of divulge from the, the path a little bit. Was Joe Judge really mad, or did he really like it deep down? Like, he seems like, you know, the new coach that did a lot of weird stuff this time last year, running laps and whatnot, and, you know, coaches and doing some odd stuff. I bet that he wasn't too unhappy deep down. He was. He probably had this all planned out. He's like, I can't wait for somebody to do something egregious enough then I can make everybody yeah. run sprints and do push-ups. I can't wait to do this. Send all the quarterbacks away. Have some, you know, big display of, you know, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of high school football. So um, <laughs> there's a chance that he doesn't hate it all that much. You never mm-hmm. want your quarterback to be at the bottom of the pile. Taking care of each other is, is a big one. Seeing some scraps and some fights and, and seeing guys want to hit each other is not a bad thing, I'm sure, for coaches. But, you know, you don't want your quarterback at the bottom of a pile and you want your teammates to take care of each other uh, at least a little bit, even if they are fighting. Yeah, and I think it's unrelated. All I saw was the blurb. But I guess Kenny Galladay left practice today as well. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know if he was hurt in the fight or whatever, but maybe it's nothing. Just you know, something to be aware of. He's a big name. 
I think that pretty much does it for the injury portion of this show. Okay, I take it back. There's one more. There's a sprained knee for Eagles wide receiver, the rookie, Devontae Smith. And the, the report I saw said it wasn't a big deal, but I don't know. Sprained knee, that sounds like a big deal to me. He's not supposed to be out a super long time, but I don't really like the sounds of that. And, I mean, I expected him to jump in and be the number one receiver there very quickly. There was already reports in camp that Nick Mullins looked better than starting quarterback Jalen Hurts, but then Hurts did have a good practice, so I don't really know what to expect from the Eagles' offense, but they do need to have all of their weapons if they're going to do anything on that side of the ball. Yeah, he's obviously a pivotal player for them. I think he's a lot more pro-ready than Jalen Reger was at this time. I would imagine he outs targets Reger and probably everyone in that offense. Feature receiver from day one. Sprain knee doesn't sound great, but I will say, man, it's very obvious that all 32 teams, if there's anything that's not perfect on these guys' bodies, they're sitting out right now. I mean, they're preserving players to no end thus far since when these camps open. All right, let's get to this mailbag. We've got a number of questions about a number of teams around the NFL next. Some fresh new odds from betonline.ag. If you're getting antsy and you want to put your money on something involving the NFL season, there's a lot of fun ones. New odds for who will be the Colts starting quarterback in week one. Favorite there, minus 125 for Jacob Eason. Nick Foles, you can get some 3-1, to 5-1 to one for Brett Hundley. Even greater odds for maybe a trade for Marcus Mariota or Phillip Rivers coming out of retirement. What about Jimmy G and Cam Newton at 12-1? to 1? Who will be the Texans' starting quarterback? Broncos, Teddy B, or Drew Locke? What about the Saints, Patriots, 49ers, and Bears? I think you know who's going to be a starting quarterback. There's a lot of jobs up for grabs right now in the NFL. You can get in on that action at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Head on over to the website. Use promo code Locked On. You can sign up today on a desktop or the mobile app. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online with promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I've had a couple of questions the last few weeks about Jeffrey Okuda, and uh, I think the second year guys are very interesting to me around the league this year. A ton of big plays being made by C.D. Lamb in camp. He, he seems to be bodying every DB. I don't know if that's because of the DBs that the Cowboys are running out there, or that's because C.D. Lamb's about ready for a breakout. But by a lot of reports, he looks like the best player on the field for the Dallas Cowboys and going up and snatching everything. And just his body control and his ball skills reminds you a lot of Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah, yeah because like, that's right? kind of the guy that was always he was always compared to. And... If, He's just, I mean, every day there's a new tweet I see with a video of C.D. Lamb. But a guy that didn't have a great rookie year is the specific question. Jeffrey Okuda from the Detroit Lions. He says, uh, perhaps the worst cornerback in the league last year among starters. What does he need to do to be worthy of the pick that Detroit used on him? A really interesting situation with him, in my opinion. We haven't talked about him. Um, one note that I'm going to steal from Pro Football Focus, because I've heard these guys talking about it a lot, was... The entire rookie class of corners last year really struggled by their metrics compared to all the other years of incoming rookies. And anyone that plays IDP fantasy realizes rookie corners are going to get tested. You know, the, I mentioned IDP because they get a lot of tackles because people throw on them. So rookie corner is a tough situation for everyone. 
But I wonder why I brought Pro Football Focus is, was this year with COVID and no preseason and very little training camp, did that affect rookie corners more than maybe any of us knew? Was that a anomaly? And, and in a way, I'm kind of excusing Akuda's poor play because all the first-round corners, all the second-round corners really struggled, and nobody really, wow, jumped out like crazy. Uh, although what's-his-face from the Chiefs did pretty well, the, the, the third-round pick, obviously. But the, the highly pedigreed corners. Yeah, it was, but, it was the, the weird ahead. breakout guy. Legereus Sneed is the guy that had Sneed, yeah. the better rookie year and all the top corners struggled a little bit. And I think Henderson had a, an off and on year. There were some times where he looked really good. And But Jeffrey mm-hmm. Okuda was the big one, obviously the first corner off the board. And you thought, man, it's just bad scheme fit. What's going on here with this guy? Yeah, and you know, obviously the last staff drafted him. So the people in charge of the Lions really have no connections to Okuda. I do think they want to play a fair amount of man coverage there, which is his specialty. And uh, I think Matt Patricia drafted him as his Stefan Gilmore. I mean, his shutdown follow number one receivers around extremely talented guy, but I wonder, and again, it comes back to the Steelers. You know, when, when the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, I, I I've been really had my antenna up for boy, high pedigree, early picks, that maybe a new staff is there or they're unhappy or they're underperforming. I might put a, an offer in for Akuda if I were Arizona. You know what I mean? Like some team that could use a corner, you don't have to pay his first round uh, or you don't have to pay his big signing bonus. He's cost controlled for a couple of years. I wonder if a couple guys like that, and he's the perfect example to me, could be really useful to another team if you're – you know, Arizona gives you a first-round pick next year for a CUDA and a fourth or something like that. Like, would the Lions take that? You it's know? interesting because the Lions last year, obviously running more of a Patriots style, a lot of man coverage. Is he that? Mm-hmm. Is he not the right style of corner for that? Maybe if a team that's running a cover three with his length would look at him and say, oh, yeah, okay, want his eyes – uh, maybe in the backfield a little bit more, maybe playing more zone, mm-hmm. using his strength and, and his length and maybe uh, his ball skills there a little bit. So maybe a scheme change could help it out. But, yeah, that's yeah by low candidate for sure on, on Jeffrey Okuda. He's too talented not to be at least, you know, a league average starting corner. I would think. I would think. I mean, by no means am I saying he's not going to fit in with the Lions or he might come back and have a tremendous season. I thought he was clearly, you know, cornerback one coming out of that draft. All rookies, you know, struggled. So let's not overreact. But it was a rough year. Um, as it was for the entire Lions defense. I mean, you get a lot of help around him either. It was rough for everybody in Detroit. Yes. It might be rough for everybody in Detroit again this year, but uh, hopefully be. they got that ship turned around with new coaching staff. How about this one from Zachary? Do you think Madden category ratings offer motivation for players, or do they not really focus on that a lot? I think they focus on it a lot. These guys are in their early 20s, a lot of them, uh, and they play a lot of video games. I think these guys really care and know exactly what those ratings are, and Almost all of them probably think they're not rated highly enough. Yeah, I actually forwarded this to my buddy Robert Flores Roflo, who was my co-host for ESPN's Football Today podcast in our, our last couple of years there. Because this is right up his alley. He never wrote back to me, so I'm mad. I don't have to text at him, text him, and yell at him. But uh, I bet they know. I mean, I, you probably have a better pulse on this than me. I mean, I'm not a gamer, but I bet a very high percentage of these. 20 year old players played Madden growing up at a minimum 
and have envisioned, envisioned themselves on the game and probably go home and some of them without kids or without families probably play a lot by themselves or against each other. I have a hunch that the league knows very much how Madden, you know, uh, evaluated them. Absolutely. And you agree? Uh, yeah. yeah, these guys are, are gaming on the road, too. I mean, what do you think they're doing in their hotels when they're on sure. the road uh, and they're trying to just stay in for the night? They're playing video games, too. So uh, absolutely. They they are all over it. So they know exactly what their Madden ratings are. Maybe. And I think a lot of them play a ton of Madden, period. But even the ones that don't play a lot of Madden are still playing a lot of other video games. Like th- that yeah. is a very common thing for uh, these these NFL players. And it's very good for them on their downtime. And they absolutely all know their Madden ratings and I'm sure are quite motivated by it. I would imagine. And even if you're not a gamer or you don't play Madden, I'm sure every player's gotten a million tweets or whatever yeah. saying, you know, you're a 52 or, yeah, you know, right. And you know, a teammate's going to bring it up to you, you know, you can right, you imagine right. a wide receiver and then you go into the wide receiver room and you're like, Hey, did you see your Madden rating? You're pretty slow, dude. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I bet some coaches even use it once in a while as yeah. motivation. Like, man, wow, you're only a 73 speed. That's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah These guys work on that awareness, work. buddy. I've been telling you this for years. You got to work on your, you know, your hands or whatever. Right. Uh, that's good. Stuff. I bet they're very aware. The more I think of it, I mean, oh, every absolutely. one of them, even the Brady's of the world, or, you know, the guys have been around the block and around the block. Calais Campbell probably knows, you know, you mentioned the Steelers a minute ago. Christoph says, please guys stop in all caps. The Rodgers to the Steelers talk ASAP. Steelers don't draft wide receivers in the first round. The drama queen would continue to reign. Steelers haven't having the best wide receiver room in the league probably wouldn't even be an argument. So Kristoff says Rodgers would be unhappy because the Steelers don't draft wide receivers early enough and the Steelers would never end up with Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts there? I saw that one and I meant to write him back because... I guess it's easier just to explain it here than do it in Twitter characters. I don't know that the the whole crux of Rogers' unhappiness is lack of first round receivers. I, don't I think mean, it I, is at all. No, right. I mean, I think he'd love the throw to Deontay Johnson and Claypool in that whole room. And um, I very much believe Rogers is extremely high maintenance, a drama queen, a very unique personality. But I also wonder if he's unhappy in Green Bay and doesn't like how they do business, if he came to Pittsburgh or many other towns and would say, oh, this is how teams do it right. It's it's about his old buddies. It's about having a little bit of control. It's about ego for him. Um, right. And, yeah, I, I think the Steelers would absolutely be a place that he would go. Right. I mean, I think he'd love it, too. I got a question for you, Matt. We'll finish up this mailbag next. I've got a fantasy keeper-related question for the great Matt Williamson coming up. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? 
Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Matt, here we go. This one's from at BD Peacock on Twitter. Uh, I'm in a long-time keeper league. It's, it's a very simple keeper league. You keep one guy. And for the yeah. last several years, I've had Alvin Kamara as my keeper because you draft him. I think I drafted him in the 12th round or something as a rookie. And you get to keep him for as long as you can until he's a until he costs you a pick in the first three rounds. Then you can't keep anybody that high. So I've been able to keep him for his entire career until now. He's too expensive and and he'll go too high and I cannot keep him any longer. Every year it costs you three rounds earlier of a pick to keep that same guy. So if you draft a player in the tenth round, you get to keep him in the seventh round the next year. Keep him again in the fourth round the following year. But I have two really good keepers. Because so, you had such a good bargain on him in his right year. I yeah, mean, you got so, him late, late, late. Okay. Yeah, and, and even when I had to spend, you know, um, a fourth round pick on him, that was still, still a bargain, right? Yeah. After yeah, after a yeah. few years of that. That's so, cool. That's a home run pick for you. Though. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I I rode yeah. that for a while. I actually had both he and I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to bore the, the folks out there with my my fantasy football squad. Yeah, yeah. But I do have a question for you, and some folks might have some ideas about this. And I've got an either or with. Brandon Ayuk, who I drafted in the 10th round, so I can keep in the 7th round, or J.K. Dobbins, who I drafted in the 8th round, so I can keep him in the 5th round this year. Would you take Dobbins in the 5th or Ayuk in the 7th? can only pick one. Dobbins. But I guess, correct me if I'm wrong with the format of your league, Dobbins, you won't be able to do this for for many more years. Yes, it would be the last one because you you can only keep him in the first. You can't keep a guy in the first three rounds. So after next year, he would be gone no matter what. But I would get a fifth rounder for Dobbins. But for Ayuk, if he turns out to be a star, keep him for a couple more years. Right, and and that has to weigh in a little. I just think there's so many receivers out there that doesn't mean you can't draft Ayuk a year from now either. It doesn't mean you're totally moved on. I think Dobbins is in for a pretty big year, and that's quite the bargain to get him at that price. I would just live for the one year, be very happy about it. Um, you know, an every week starter. Obviously, the key with him for fantasy is he needs to catch more passes. Maybe I'm just too optimistic and think that's coming, but I do think his receiving production will go up. I think the Ravens' passing game will improve overall. Um, I'm really buying the Ravens offense, to be honest with you. I I think that this will be Lamar's best passing year and Dobbins could also benefit from a lot of different ways. Uh, It's not an easy, it's not an easy one though. Yeah, it's not super easy. I've been leaning towards Dobbins is probably the way I'll go. And I'm with you. He's got the receiving ability. How much will they utilize it? I'm not sure. And they might have to just dial some of those things up and some screens. And uh, I think it would be smart for their offense to utilize that. And I think he'll get a ton of work on the ground. And I think he's a stud. Period. So that's one of the big ones yeah. too. Is he's just he's just talented enough to go there. Even though I've not, I mean, I'm seeing him outside the top twenty four running backs in a lot of places for uh, redraft fantasy leagues, and I'm a little bit surprised by that. I know uh, he's going in what they call that running back dead zone now, which is rounds like three through five. Man, if I can get him in the fourth or fifth round and outside the top twenty or twenty four, as you mentioned, I'm all over that. I mean, he's like the perfect guy for me to be. That, that third running back on your team after you go running back, running back, receiver or whatever, and start three of them as your flex, uh, I have very high hopes for him. 
you mentioned that he's just a stud in the real world. He was my favorite back in that class. He was my number one. I like him more than Taylor as a player, all those guys. And now with what's going on with the Colts, and Taylor's a first-round guy, I like Dobbins better in a vacuum. And I'm not sure if I yeah. don't maybe even like him as much or better now for fantasy purposes, even in a redraft league. What's really interesting to me, too, is just from a fantasy perspective, look how much the first and even second rounds have changed just in the last month or so. Like Cam Akers, done. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's stock really went down. Aaron Jones's stock really just went up. I mean, I don't think Daryl Henderson's quite in that mold yet to be in the top two rounds, but Michael Thomas is now undraftable. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, there's been a lot of wheels turning and changing on the fantasy landscape. If you were in a best ball and drafted a month ago, you could be really happy with a bunch of steals or, man, I, I drafted Acres and all, all these guys that are just falling apart. You know, we already talked about the Colts passing game. That doesn't interest me. And really, when it comes to dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, that's what always worries me about running backs. Is It's so quick. And sometimes it's a week. Sometimes yeah. you lose an offensive lineman like Quentin Nelson's like, well, wait a second. Maybe I don't want to keep Jonathan Taylor and, and don't want to draft him that high after all. And, and we've seen how quickly that can disintegrate for the value of running backs. And uh, I think that's absolutely been true this offseason. I think it's even more true for how closely rated some of those players are from, I don't know, the end of round one all the way through round five. Without question. And the name I wanted to bring up, too, that I forgot earlier was was Kamara, who you said, you know, you had a lot of success with, of course, the last couple of years. A, a lot of people think, wow, the, the Michael Thomas injury really helps Kamara in terms of even more targets, that he should lead that team in receptions now. And I tend to agree, but I also think their offense might be horrible now. You know, like you need first downs, you need touchdown opportunities and if I were Sean Payton, this is kind of a non-fantasy subject, I would be more apt now to roll with Hill than Winston and just kind of ravens it up. Might give you the biggest advantage just being different rather than being, yeah, yeah. The, rather than being normal and standard offensively but mediocre. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Hill's going to throw to Kamara all that often. Although I got to say, and this is anecdotal. I have no idea what it's going to look like with James Winston if he's even going to win the job, and they're alternating who's running with the ones in practice and getting those reps. But I heard an interview with James Winston talking to reporters at camp, and I was kind of surprised. He sounded like a veteran. He sounded different. There was really? something about what he was saying, the words he was using, the way he was speaking. It's like, man, uh, I almost wanted to buy some stock in James Winston right there. I, I liked what I was hearing from him. So we'll see. There's always been some immaturity, obviously, to his persona, and he got in a little bit of trouble in college and eating W's and immaturity on the field with <laughs> the turnovers. But give him a little bit of credit. I mean, uh, he, he early, I mean, a couple of years ago, really slimmed down. He must have worked very hard to get his body in a lot better situation, went ahead and got the eye surgery, the Lasix, and was mature enough to say, I know what I don't know. I'm going to go learn from Drew Brees and Sean Payton for a year. So I really think that book isn't written. And I like lumping him with, with Wentz and Darnold, as we've done a few times. Is I would roll the dice on those that group and maybe Winston more than the others. I, I, think, it's, I think there's something there. Yeah, you got Payton, and Winston's always had the arm talent. If he's matured, put in the work, why not? Yeah. I mean, but I hate to say it, 
it, without Thomas, Taysom Hill might give him the better chance to win, which is yucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, I almost can't, still can't get behind that. I don't know. No. Uh, but I understand where where you're going with that, though. Like, I mean, I'm sure you'd rather have Winston as the Niners quarterback than Hill. I'd rather have Winston as the Steelers quarterback than Hill. I think, I mean, I'd be excited about it. But I'm, if, if I'm the Saints and I'm trying to get in the playoffs, I might have to go with Hill and Ravens it up. I just think you can do both. And I think in the end, you can almost hedge yeah. if you're Sean Payton because you can roll with Winston as a starter, still use Hill to your advantage, and not really vice versa. Yes, I guess there there really isn't a vice versa. And it would be hard to prepare for, you know, week to week of what package of the Saints coming out in. And Thomas returns at some point. A couple of Packers questions here. Let's lump them in together. Joshua says, Green Bay has cleared about $13 million in cap space due to the Aaron Rodgers restructure. Who is one free agent they could sign that would make the most impact on the team's Super Bowl aspirations? And the second Packers question from JTS is, and I've heard this recently, uh, I'm kind of surprised that people are even going this way with it. Uh, have the past 30 years for the Packers been a success or failure behind Favre and Rodgers, being that they've won a lot, but there's been a lot of teases, and, and each Favre and Rodgers have each only won one ring, and I think Packers fans maybe feel like there should be some more. Um, that's a huge success. I'll answer that one. I mean, 30 <laughs> years of winning and Favre and Rodgers, even if you came away with two wins, I mean, ask Detroit Lions fans how that has been uh, on the other side of that division. Yeah, yeah, again, uh, spin it to the Steelers, but it, it's relevant because I often get is the Ben era uh, of a uh, failure because he only won two rings and they haven't won the Super Bowl lately. And I'm like, no, it hasn't been a failure. I mean, Breeze and Rogers have had better careers and are better players than Ben. Both those guys only have one ring and no one's looking at their career like it's a failure. And, you know, if you're consistently relevant, like the Saints, the Steelers, the Packers in recent memory, you know, I don't think people realize how incredibly difficult that is to do. I mean, that's really hard. Extremely difficult. I mean, it's crazy yeah. to, to have back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks that span 30 years. Every right. single fan base should want that all day long. It's the Maggio to Mantle. I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, real quick for the what, where to spend the money. Well, rolling it over is never a bad idea. Keeping some in the bank is never a bad idea because a couple guys that are relevant will get cut or you can trade for easily that are making some money. But if I were to address one area, and I don't have any names off the top of my head, the Packero line to me is a little worrisome. And there's not anybody out there. That's no. that's a position that dries up very quickly in free agency. You don't get those Justin Houston's and Melvin Ingram's, and there's no like Richard Sherman of the offensive line just hanging out out there that you could maybe drop into your offensive line and fix it. Every team always has holes in their offensive line, so I think that's a tough one. I'm with you. Maybe just rolling that money over and trying to build around Jordan Love in the future is probably the smart thing to do with that $13 million. Yeah, don't spend it just to spend it. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that have it. Rolling it over is wonderful. Um, you could trade for Chandler Jones if you wanted to, but I'm thinking a much lighter guy. Trade a sixth or seventh round pick for a, a guy that's making a little bit too much money that might get cut. Uh, th that's a better use of your money than just grabbing something out there because it's in your pocket in the candy store as a little kid. Totally agree. All right, good stuff, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for all of your questions. We will be back tomorrow talking about all the latest in the NFL. Hopefully, not there's hopefully there's not more brawls. 
And hopefully <laughs> there's not more injuries, but pads are going on around the league too. So there's going to be a lot more thumping going on in training camp. So I'm sure we'll have a ton of news for you tomorrow and every day leading up to the 2021 season right here. Peacock and Williamson.